0: Lori, what else so can, I got, can you think of? Or Don, you're going to go? <laughs> Don, Don and I have been texting back and forth. He's got about a, I don't know, a five-second lag. So that's yeah, why we kind of keep it Yeah, it's really bad. That, uh, that's why I've
1: been trying to keep quiet during this, <laughs> which is kind of rare for me. <laughs> this is the one and only, the original podcast, where you can find yours and your business's true value. You're listening to R-Value.
0: Brought to you by America's Insulation source, IDI Distributors.
1: Do you want to hear from the best contractors, suppliers, and consultants that dedicate themselves to more than just survival in the
0: business world? Industry professionals that are dedicated to excellence in every aspect of their business?
1: R-Value has them all here to share that same motivation and knowledge with you. Tune in and grow a more successful, profitable, educated, and recognized business. Listen to the R-Value podcast to become the industry leader in your market. Find your value with R-Value. Hello and welcome back to R-Value,
0: brought to you by IDI Distributors. You're listening to the Insulators Podcast. Hey, Don. What's up, Travis? How you doing? I'm good. It's good. Been, it's been a, a little while. rusty, but it's nice to be back. So the last time we talked to you, you were
1: in Colorado, but that's not the case anymore. No. no. <laughs> we we found out that uh, mama doesn't like the, the winters, and so we're back in Louisiana, back in the boot. Because she likes hurricanes better. <laughs> yeah, so we've been back two months and uh, two hurricanes have come in. We've missed, missed the first one and it's looking like we're going to miss this one too, hopefully. I mean, I, I never wish it to to go on to somebody else, but right, I don't really need that within the first two months. Yeah.
0: Snow or hurricanes? I'd, I think I would pick snow. Oh, Lori yeah. just broke the pod, first podcast rule. You don't <laughs> open your first beer until we get <laughs> into five minutes. I have to cough. <laughs> Who who just opened that?
2: Lori. Who's sitting next
0: to you? That's uh, Lori Gilbertson. Not guilty. Yeah. Not guilty. So, Don, what what are we
1: doing today? Who are we talking to? Well, Travis, I'm glad you asked. Today, we are talking to Dane Malberg, the National Sales Representative for Viper CS Crawl Space Vapor Barriers. Dane spent uh, about the last 12 years working with manufacturers like ISI Building Products, ICP Group. Brentwood Industries in the thermal and moisture control industry, bringing innovative products to market and driving the industry forward. His background as a BPI certified building analyst and envelope professional has helped him understand the needs and challenges contractors face dealing with the building performance. Dane's focus has been bringing high performance vapor barriers to residential applications like crawl space encapsulations and educating contractors on the science behind these products. Dane was born and raised in Peoria, Illinois, or the center of the state, center of the country, center of the world. So basically, he says the world revolves around him, (laughs) as he likes to say. Uh, He has a degree in marketing from Western Illinois, which is where he met his wife. Together, they have a three-year-old daughter and spend as much time uh, as possible outdoors. If he's not on the road somewhere, which is kind of like us, about 70% of the year, you'll find him on the lake surfing in the summer and likely hunting in the fall. He also has about 30 beehives on his farm and processes his own honey, which he will put up
2: against any honey in the world as the best.
0: And I ever. will help you test that theory and you should send some to Minnesota.
2: Get out. Abs- absolutely. I will bring some up and I will I will definitely go on record as saying that. <laughs> it's the best honey you're going to hey, find.
1: I wanted to do this while I was reading it, but oh, come on.
2: What is it?
1: I thought he had it all queued up, Donnie. I did. <laughs>
0: oh,
1: I love it! <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, we we digress. All the way from Peoria, Illinois.
0: Dane Moberg, you should have kept going. I had it already. <laughs> well, enough yeah. about all that. Oh, hey. Dane, welcome. Yeah,
2: yeah. Thank you very much for having me. I feel uh, very privileged to uh, to be on here with you guys, and um, excited to be here.
1: So let's talk a little bit about how you get on here because you know, for the, the first few episodes, we've been kind of spray foam heavy because that's my background. That's where my contacts come from. Right. And so I reached out to a lot of people I knew in the industry. I don't know anybody. And, so, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as we kind of took a break, you know, we hammered out a bunch of podcasts during quarantine, right. Cause there wasn't a whole lot to do. And then we took a break when things started to open back up a little bit and, you know, we're all trying to get back the business that we lost. And Travis and I were talking like, "Hey, we got to start, you know, season three of this." And you know, we still want to keep the same format. But I started reaching out to people like Lori, you know, who's our accessory manager at IDI, and said, "Hey, you've got to have some vendors that we could bring on the show that's not spray foam related." Because surprisingly to me, not all of our listeners install spray foam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shocker. Right? They so, should,
2: but they don't. They,
1: yeah. <laughs> So she right away, I mean, I think she, she responded back, you know, you for sure we got to do it. And, and I'm excited because, you know, I'm embarrassed to say, I don't know a whole lot about the Viper system and crawl spaces and what we should all be doing in that. And I know there's probably a lot of listeners out there who it it could be an untapped
2: market for them. Am am I wrong? No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And, uh, and at first I got to say, thank you to Lori for, uh, for recommending me for this. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if, if you were held up by somebody else to say my name, but uh, <laughs> I definitely thank you for, uh, uh, you know, suggesting me to be on here. But no, you're absolutely right, Don. I mean, the crawl space industry, um, even though it's been around for a while, is still kind of in the, you know, figuring out, I call it the teenage years, right? It's been around for a little bit, but it's still trying to figure out who it is, where it's at, um, who the players are in it. So, um, you know, that's where there was a tremendous opportunity and still is. And, and really where I got connected to IDI, um, and bringing the crawl space encapsulation as another opportunity into, uh, into the portfolio. Um, so I, I mean, I guess it it probably makes sense to start back a little bit like what is Viper, who is Viper, um, so to speak. And, go down that road Um, Viper Viper has been around for probably the better part of 25 years. Uh, It's manufactured by ISI building products uh, here in central Illinois. And what it is, is it's a, it's a premium high performance vapor barrier. And, and so um, really our focus has been, you know, kind of displacing all those old traditional building practices and, and things like that, and really promoting the use of high performance materials in this space in this market and really trying to drive the industry forward um, and and progress a little bit from maybe where it got its start even only 10, 15 years ago. So wait, you can't just put
1: six mil poly down in a crawl space and say <laughs> right, I'm good.
2: Right. no. Yeah. unfortunately no. Six mil poly, um, you know, that's that's what I tell a lot of these guys is and people that I'm that I meet out on the road is that, you know, even though Today, the the code still says six mil poly. Uh, what we found just by just by being out in the field and and these guys starting to weatherize and retrofit homes is that six mil poly, while it's inexpensive and has a lot of great features and benefits, um, it doesn't work for this application. And so, what. Uh, What we're trying to do is to get out there and educate people on the differences between standard six mil poly, high performance vapor barriers, and then why you should use those in crawl space encapsulations.
0: So when you say that it's not the best application and it doesn't work, what do you mean by that?
2: yeah so so what six mil polyethylene is essentially is it's traditionally made with uh, with polyethylene resin that's been reground or, or recycled from uh, it could be post-consumer materials it could be um, just scraps in the factory um, and the reason that's done is to drive that cost down keep it as you know as competitive and inexpensive as possible but with polyethylene when you do that what you do is you start to break down those inherent Performance characteristics of that resin. So um, you already start that degradation process uh, of that resin. So when you when you go then to extrude and create a film, you have something that just doesn't have um, the strength characteristics that you would need in that application. So, like in, in crawl space encapsulation, big things are puncture resistance and tensile strength or, or tear resistance. And so when you have a, a regrind material or recycled material that sounds good on the surface, but really it's it's not giving you the performance that you need in the crawl space.
0: So basically in the process of making it cheaper uh, price wise, it, it made the product cheaper too. So it's you, you get what you pay for, but you're losing the longevity and the performance
2: of the product is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and so ultimately, you know, six mil poly wasn't invented for crawl space encapsulation. Sure. Um, it's it's had a long list of uses as a vapor retarder um, in insulation industry and in tons of different industries. And so, what's unique about the crawl space encapsulation world is that it's, it's obviously um, mostly residential and the impacts of having a poor vapor barrier or vapor retarder in the home is that it's felt in via comfort issues and indoor air quality issues. um, A lot of structural issues can be, can stem from having a poor vapor barrier in the crawl space. So it, the, the importance of having a, a quality product, quality material in that application is so much more um, relevant and important. So it,
1: let's talk about what yeah. sets the product apart.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, so what's unique about Viper CS uh, is, so when I say that six mil polyethylene is traditionally a regrind or recycle material, conversely, Viper CS is 100% virgin resin. So it's, it's never been used before. It's never been regrind. It's not a plastic bottle or a plastic bag. It's a, it's a virgin resin. So we're getting the maximum strength characteristics the water vapor permits all the important features of, of that resin we are able to to get that out of it the second thing that really separates Viper CS from from a, a standard, Poly is that it's a reinforced vapor barrier. So with with reinforcement, you really have you have two options for for polyethylene sheeting. You have probably the most notably uh, or recognized one, which is string reinforcement. So you see a, a nylon diamond pattern string laminated in between two layers of of polyethylene to to increase that tensile strength of the material. Uh, the other, which Viper CS is, is a woven reinforced. Uh, polyethylene sheeting. So as opposed to having two separate films around a, uh, a string reinforcement, it's actually individual strands of this polyethylene that are woven together. Kind of like what you see with, uh, with a tarp. Um, a lot of times That's we have that, that woven, that woven grid pattern, but it's, it's very tightly woven together. Um, And so what that does is it it creates a built-in rip stop throughout, Um, you know, so if that product ever were to get cut, torn, punctured, it's not going to continue to tear like a, like a traditional blown film would. It's going to actually have something, those, those interlaced um, strands of polyethylene to keep it from continually tearing. Secondly, it's, it's actually extrusion coated on both sides of that, that woven scrim, if you will. So that's where we're really able to beef up. You know, are things like water vapor permeance and make sure that we're blocking out as much, you know, water vapor and moisture travel as possible. Um, And also, it it creates a very strong, highly puncture resistant vapor barrier, unlike traditional six mil poly. So, as a homeowner, if I had a crawl space um, other than the vapor barrier and and climate control, um, what benefits? So, I could use that space as storage where I otherwise wouldn't be able to. Can you elaborate on that? absolutely. So, you know, that's again, along with the indoor air quality issues and, um, you know, the overall comfort of the home and home performance, um, just creating a usable space is one of the benefits of encapsulating your crawl space more often than not. If, if you've ever seen a picture of a crawl space, it's a, it's a dark, dirty, dingy, nasty place. Um, and so people don't want to go down there. A lot of times homeowners have never even been in their crawl space. Um, and so what's nice about encapsulating, encapsulating with a product like Viper CS is it allows you to turn that into a usable space. Um, If that were just done with a a traditional 6 mil poly, um, or an inferior vapor barrier, having a homeowner go down there for, to use it as storage or walking around down there. Even if you have other trades like pest control contractors or HVAC contractors down there, you run that risk of, of puncturing and tearing the vapor barrier. So, um, and, in to be honest with you, if, if your vapor barrier has punctures and tears, it, it really defeats the purpose of having it down there. So, yeah, Viper CS is great for turning that that crawl space into a bright, clean, um, usable space for the homeowner.
0: So we talked a little bit uh, in prep for this podcast, and it was kind of came to my surprise that traditionally crawl spaces, you know, wasn't owned by an insulation contractor. Um, tell me kind of how that kind of came about and why they should focus on this.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, absolutely it's, it's it's one of those things where uh when the crawl space i guess uh industry kind of really took its boom or when when homes started to get a little bit tighter a little bit higher performance um we started to see the effects of what uh we'll call vented crawl spaces had you know um that construction method was something that was was out there for a really long time um but as other areas of of building improved the crawl space really never did so um as we started to see those effects Predominantly who we saw fixing those problems were waterproofing contractors, um, people who focused on exterior foundations, um, basement, uh, basement remodelers and and things like that. But it it really never had that that specific set of, of contractors focused on on creating it. And so what we noticed immediately is is the opportunity with the trades who are already down there, who are already doing work from for for other reasons or or, or something else that gets them down in that crawl space. And the insulation contractor was number one on the list. Um, we we found a lot of insulation contractors right when sealing and re-insulating the home need to address those those high air leakage areas, and the crawl space is often. You know, very very high on that list. Right. The rim right. joist specifically uh, can be a huge area for for air infiltration. So they were going down there, uh, spray foaming those those critical areas and, and insulating uh, essentially the the thermal envelope. And what they were noticing is that there was a moisture problem or that, hey, there's, there's so much more going on beyond just your, your insulation here. You have bulk water, um, there's a lot of mold, mildew, uh, it reeks down there. So what we said is let's take an opportunity to educate the insulation contractor as opposed to just you know handing that off to someone else. Let's educate them on how they can properly encapsulate that crawl space and add that service to, to their offering.
0: At a high margin as well
2: at a very, at a very high margin. And, and so, you know, what I always tell people when we're out in the field talking about crawl space encapsulation is that it doesn't take a lot of, you know, expensive equipment to get involved to it. I mean, I love tools just like anybody. Um, but unfortunately, you know, with, with crawl space encapsulation, you really don't need a lot of tools to do it properly. So it's a very low barrier uh, of entry and, and very easy for, you know, contractors, proficient contractors to add this service. And, but you're solving some such an important problem um, and you have to do it correctly that there's really good opportunity to increase your bottom line and profitability as a company doing this. Um, And it's not requiring you to go out and, and like I said, take on a whole lot of new expenses, you're able to do this, you know, uh, you know, I guess complimentary to what you're already offering your, your customers today.
0: And, uh, you know, I would, I would assume that there's some technique, right. Folding it correctly in the corners and stuff like that. And in fact, I think you were, uh, well, I guess it feels like yesterday, but back in, was it, uh, March or something? We had
2: a, a class that it was at Nashville is actually down in, down in Alabama. Alabama, um, I was close. Yep. They're so kind of so close. Ken Allison, um, eh, on your team and I have been, uh, have been working over the past, I would see probably the last year or so really trying to craft, um, a quality training that encompasses, you know, the building science behind crawl space encapsulation, the kind of the why you need to do it, but also the how. So, where you guys are able to offer, you know, your comprehensive insulation trainings, you're now able to offer an additional service where your customers can come in, get educated and learn uh, why to encapsulate a crawl space and how to do it effectively, how to, how to roll out that liner, how to install it to the walls, how to ensure all your overlaps are done correctly and terminated to the wall correctly. But also, how it works with everything else, you're able to to tie everything in completely. You know, kind of that that BPI model or or that house as a system model um, really works well for this type of a training.
0: Yeah, I, I hope we can get another one. I mean, obviously, up here in the Midwest, we don't we don't build traditionally with a lot of crawl space, so this is you know pretty specific niche to to the south, southeast and east coast of the country. But there's plenty of plenty of opportunities,
2: I'm sure. Yeah. So interestingly enough, um, some of the research that we've done, the last, I guess, true number that we've been able to find is that there was like 26 million homes out there um, that are on crawl spaces and they're still being built uh, pretty regularly today. It's 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 one of those inexpensive options to uh, for builders to get that you know that living space up off the ground, or if you're in a in an uneven area where you're not going to on the side of a mountain or something, you're not going to be digging out a full basement. A crawl space is still you know a great way uh, to do that. But we've got to make sure we're addressing the moisture issues and the indoor air quality issues and things like that if we're going to do it. So um, you're right; there are areas of the country where more crawl spaces are prevalent. The southeast is huge, but in, in through the Midwest, we see a lot of. I'm in Illinois, and we see a lot of crawl spaces around this area, um, on up into Michigan, and then the Pacific Northwest is also a really, really hotbed for crawl spaces, or at least ones that have moisture problems, and that, and that is largely due to in the amount of moisture that they see every year. I wouldn't assume that, uh,
1: the Pacific Northwest was heavily with, uh, crawl spaces. Is there, is there a reason? Is it the, the, the earth, the soil there
2: or I, I, re- I yeah, I think, you know, I think there's a number of reasons of, of, why that is, but, um, you know, up there you, you tend to see, you tend to see, uh, or at least a lot more crawl spaces that have problems. Sure. You know, not every crawl space is going to have, um, a moisture issue or bulk water issue or, uh, you know, just any issues in general. And so a lot of times it's, it's where we see a lot of that point of emphasis is where, um, the moisture levels are really, really high. So it creates more and more problems. Um, and the Pacific Northwest for, for whatever reason is we just, we just see that, uh, we see that as a heavy area for, uh, need for crawl space encapsulation and and remediation.
1: So with, the insulation contractor kind of starting to own this space, would you say a little bit more? We talked a little bit about training and I want to get back to that, but would you say every time they go out there to do, you know, to look at the attic and everything, they should be, if there's a crawl space, say, Hey, when's the last time you've been down there? Should I go down there and take a look? Are you, you know, experiencing anything down there and what should they be looking for if they're not, you know, typically going
2: down into the the crawl space? absolutely that is uh, like that is the one thing that if we can get out to those those insulation contractors is to is to look for these opportunities is to go out and proactively find these because more often than not um, people don't know they have a crawl space issue until they hear until they they smell an odor uh, sure. until the harmful effects start to uh, to take place so as insulation contractors are going out and doing you know estimates on reinsulating the house they need to you know start at the outside of the the house and see, you know, see how it's built. Is it on a basement? Is it on a crawl space? And obviously poke their head down in there and see what's going on and ask those homeowners, have you ever experienced any musty odors? Um, do you, do you get any poor, uh, um, indoor air quality with it. Uh, have you had any moisture issues before? Um, and, and and literally just go down in that crawl space and do a quick inspection because just like they would go into an attic and see inadequate insulation, they're going to poke their head down in there and see that that homeowner has bulk water or they have the insulation in the floor above the crawl space is sagging down, is saturated with moisture, is black from mold. Um, they're going to be able to quickly identify those those issues that are present in a crawl space and can and can easily fix those while they're there doing their insulating job as well.
1: For sure. So you you keep saying, you know, one of the big things is is the moisture and water and everything. How do you incorporate the dehumidifiers into that? Is that part of your
2: expertise? And. So it's, it's not something that we do specifically, but obviously being entrenched in this, in this industry and market is, uh, dehumidifiers are, are a huge part of that. Um, I always look at, at crawl space encapsulation, um, a couple, in a couple of different ways. It's almost like a stool, if you will, is like, um, the, the high-performance liner is, is is there to really block that that moisture migrating from the soil and from the water taper below coming into that crawl space and condensing on the surfaces above when that when that humidity is just right and the dew point is wrong. But that's where you need. The, the dehumidifier as well, is that a vapor barrier isn't going to be the only, only thing you need to really stop and correct that, that crawl space. So putting and in, installing a dehumidifier to really control any potential excess moisture or humidity that gets in there, um, that, that goes hand in hand with, with the liners. Um, and that third thing that we really see often used with crawl space encapsulation is a sump pump. For example, if there's, you know, any bulk water issue, you know, you certainly want to address that. Um, we get a lot of questions from contractors around the country. Can I just put in a liner uh, on top of, um, you know, on top of what's there? If there's a, if there's water issues, do I need to address that? And and you really do just because if you don't, you're going to essentially create a, a water bed down there, um, that could, potentially cause a lot of problems if someone's walking around down in there or you have any sort of mechanical equipment. Good question,
0: Don. I was going to kind of t- turn that into, you know, what other accessories, you know, kind of steer uh, steer this towards like some accessory things um, for, uh, you know, additional services that a contractor could use in in a crawl space. Uh, dehues being one, you know, you talk about some pumps, but, you know, obviously insulation is a huge factor down there too, to kind of help mitigate
2: some of the condensation and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So once you, once you really control that moisture infiltration, then you're looking at it just like um, you guys do on an everyday basis from an insulation standpoint is, is where are we going to put that thermal envelope? Is that going to go down, um, you know, down the the foundation walls? Are we going to stop that at the floor above? How do we want to address that? Is it a conditioned space? You know, all those normal questions that you guys are dealing with every day um, come into play there. Another aspect that a lot of people, aren't aware of um, that, that's really taken over is the, the prevalence of radon in basements and crawl spaces. So going hand in hand with moisture migration, you also have soil gases that could potentially be coming into the home uh, and, and causing problems. So what's unique about Viper CS as well is it's one of about only four um, liners out there that have really been tested for a radon diffusion coefficient. Um, and all that really means it's not it's, it's not designed to to stop radon from coming in but it's it's just like the water vapor it's going to help slow that transmission of any soil gases coming in and and really um, radon mitigation systems utilize a vapor barrier some sort of a ceiling aspect um, on top of their active depressurization systems to get that that soil gas out so they go hand in hand you're able to you know also look at radon issues and moisture issues and insulation issues all in one area of the home um, that you can that you can solve for a homeowner
0: excellent well i uh now got educated Uh, i've always heard of viper we obviously (laughs) sell it but you know we even had tons of uses up here in the midwest but you know um we do have radon so that could be a, a factor for the midwest contractors you know usage not in a crawl space but even in basements is what you're saying
2: yeah, absolutely. If you're looking for, you know, a passive barrier, if you're going to be doing any sort of sealing um, exposed earth of, uh, you know, for a radon mitigation system, Viper and Viper CS would be a, a phenomenal product to use there. Just for the same reason as it is um, in, in crawl space encapsulation, it's going to do a great job and it's going to withstand any sort of traffic uh, and prevent any, you know, any holes from being punctured or, or anything like that.
0: Excellent. Lori, what else so can, I got- can you think of? Or Don, you're going to go? <laughs> <laughs> Don, Don and I have been texting back and forth. He's got about a, I don't know, a five-second lag. So that's yeah, why we kind of keep It's really bad. That's off. why I've
1: been trying to keep quiet during this, <laughs> which is kind of rare for me. You know, it sounds easy. Like, hey, just go down in the crawl space, put the Viper down there, and, and you're good to go. But there's a lot of stuff that you have to look at because what happens down there will affect... The rest of the house or has the potential to affect the rest of the house. And we talked a little bit about training and, you know, the training that we held, but we, you know, with the pandemic and everything kind of backed off on some of the trainings that we've done. So if we do have a customer that, that is interested in this and has asked questions and thinks, thinks this is something he could add to his business portfolio, what's the best way for him to get more information, Dane, and, and to get kind of trained up on this. So he knows what he's looking at when he goes in there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I would always tell everybody to start at their local, um, local IDI branch. You know, we've, we're working with a lot of the branches across the country. Um, but, uh, I am always available, uh, to, to reach out to and answer any sort of questions, but the ISI, reach products, you, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so they can absolutely reach me, um, uh, at, uh, at my email, which is, uh, Dane at jobsitemarketinggroup.com. Or um, happy to provide my, my cell phone to anybody out there to call, text anytime 309-208-0033.
1: And oh, like, now you're just going to be getting a lot I of prank it. calls. I,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm <laughs> open for it. I'm always up for a good conversation. Um, but no, I, I mean, a great place to start would be at the, at the ISI Building Products website, uh, www.isibp.com. Dot com. You'll find tons of, of great resources and information um, on the website there for Viper CS and and all the CrawlSpace products that ISI Building Products offers. Um, but you know, I would say built into into the IDI um, network and platform is we've, we've outfitted um, all the branches with tons of marketing collateral things that really help the contractors make their job easier when they're going into the homeowners and trying to, you know, educate them on why they use Viper or why they should go with Viper. Uh, One thing I guess I would want, you know, everyone to take away um, just from a vapor barrier standpoint is that, you know, mills so often, just like insulation, everything is measured in, in our value. Right. But with vapor barriers, it's all about mill thickness for for whatever reason, the industry has established that mill thickness is that is that standard that we go by. Thicker the so, better, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's one of those things where we just we try to let people know that mill thickness is is not a performance measurement; is only a thickness measurement. So um, the tagline is mills don't measure performance. So we always we always request that people you know look beyond. That mill thickness and look at the performance behind the vapor barrier because that's what really matters. When someone says um, that they want they need a six mil poly or a ten mil poly or a twenty mil poly, what they're really asking for is a certain set of performance characteristics. Um, the thickness really doesn't have any um, pertinence to that application. And and what's what's unique is that you can use better raw materials, better manufacturing methods to create a product that's thinner. And will will actually outperform those thicker products. Just like, you know, downy Spray foam performs at a much higher level at the same thickness of a lot of other different insulations. So yeah, you know, point. you've gotta um you really gotta look at the performance beyond just that that number or the industry standard out there. Yeah. Dane, great real point. quick, is is code dictating the mill thickness in these crawl spaces? So, so code, yeah. I mean, in new construction code, um, still, unfortunately only calls out for six mil poly. Um, but the, but the reason that is, and, and what we've kind of uncovered is that in new construction, you're really, you're really not going to know if you're going to experience any sort of crawl space issues and moisture problems. Um, and so, and even if it's done correctly, they don't know if someone's going to walk on that and tear it. But what we found and what the industry has found over these last, you know, 10, 15, 15 years is that six mil poly just doesn't withstand um, the lifetime of the structure. It's going to start breaking down. People are going to walk on it. They're going to, you know, they're going to rip it. It's going to get torn. And then you don't have an effective, um, an effective solution down there. So yeah, it's, it's really one of those things that even though the code calls out six mil poly, the industry has found out that, that it's just not an effective solution. So they're steering away from it completely on their own.
1: So I think this is kind of a lot like uh, ignition and thermal barrier, right? They have to be edu- The contractor has to be educated on the product and what it's going to do because you're going to have portions of the country where the, your guy, the guy they're competing against down the street he's not going to put that into the bid, even though it's required by code and they're going to come in a lot cheaper. And our guy who's been trained, gone through our classes, knows what the right thing to do is, has to upsell now because the other guy is not playing by the same rules. And now with code being just six mil poly, they're going to have to have the resources to go to. And I guess they would go back to those websites and your phone number that you listed to, to train on or to get up, yeah. um, up to speed on that.
2: Yeah. And, you know, one thing that we've tried to do to make it as easy as possible, right, for for not only our, our you know, our contractor customers that are using Viper, but to then show the homeowners as well is to really create a, a comparison chart, if you will, that show, you know, just how these things perform in every category. Um, I always say crawl space vapor barriers are measured by uh, the big three, if you will puncture resistance, tensile strength, and water vapor permeance. And so what we've done is is highlighted those those performance characteristics against leading products, whether they be string reinforced or standard polyethylene sheeting. Um, and those are resources that that you guys have um, that everybody has access to to be able to show that hey, if you look at it, if you look at the third party independent testing, we know that this product is going to outperform. So that's something that's that's been hugely beneficial to uh to get out there and educate people in the country with
0: excellent dane thanks i uh i know i learned a lot i did i had no idea but uh in the end six mil
2: poly sucks and use viper cs <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
2: ab- absolutely right if you take anything away from it mills don't measure performance
0: mills don't measure performance
1: laurie just gave you us the title that. for the podcast yeah, yeah. yeah there we go that's the title for the podcast I love Thanks, it. Thanks, man. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank
2: you guys so much for having me and appreciate all the support that you guys have shown over the years and uh, wish you the best of luck with this thing. It's awesome.
1: Thank you.
0: Thanks, guys. Next time, you've been listening to Our Value Podcast.